Hello everyone and welcome to this, the very first episode of the Sustainable Management in Extractive Industries or the SUMEX podcast. My name is Tony Hand and I will be your moderator for this uh, series of the podcast where we will be seeking to gain insights into sustainable practices in the extractive sector. Uh, we will be ably assisted in this by experts in their respective fields to develop better understandings of the challenges faced by the sector, including environmental impact, social responsibility, legal compliance and stakeholder engagement. In the podcast, we will also examine the role of public authorities in addressing these challenges and look how some ex-insights are supporting sustainable practices within the sector. First off, let me tell you uh, a little about myself. I'm a project manager in sustainable mining at the Division of Mining and Mineral Technology at the Department of Geology at Tallinn University of Technology, or Taltech, here in Estonia. Before joining Taltech in October 2022, I spent many years in the mining sector, um, starting out in mine surveying, eventually becoming a mining engineer. In 2016, I left the mining industry to join the newly formed EIT Raw Materials as a senior advisor for mining technologies and sustainability. EIT Raw Materials is part of the European Institute of Innovation and Technology and its overarching mandate is to support securing uh, the supply of critical raw materials to the European industry sector by driving innovation along the raw materials value chain. EIT Raw Materials also manages the European Raw Materials Alliance, or ERMA. ERMA was announced in 2020, and its action plan is to look at the current and future challenges and propose actions to reduce Europe's raw materials dependencies on third countries, diversifying supply from both primary and secondary sources and improving resource efficiency and circularity while promoting responsible sourcing worldwide. ERMA's vision is to secure access to critical and strategic raw materials, advanced materials and processing know-how for uh, EU industrial ecosystems. The alliance involves all relevant stakeholders, including industrial actors along the value chain, member states and regions, trade unions, civil society, research and technology organisations, investors and NGOs to help achieve this vision and also strengthen the domestic sourcing of raw materials within the EU. So, let us start this first episode with a question. How can the extraction of raw materials from the ground be considered sustainable? The extractive industry sector and the term sustainability do not sit well together in the same sentence. The fact is, the more raw materials we extract from the ground, the less we leave behind to meet the needs for future generations. Uh, This depletion of finite resources is, in essence, contrary to what can be considered a sustainable practice. However, the methods by which resources are extracted can be developed in more responsible and sustainable ways. Without the extraction of metals and minerals, we as a society will not be able to tackle major challenges such as climate change. 
Apart from contributing to the fundamentals and general economic growth, the mining and metals industry is essential to the transition to a low-carbon, sustainable future and to climate change mitigation. Minerals and metals are critical components in a wide variety of clean energy technologies, from wind turbines and solar panels to electric vehicles and battery storage. And going forward, our reliance on metals and minerals is not declining. Instead, it is rapidly increasing. On the subject of climate change, the latest report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or the IPCC, states that the current pace and scale of climate actions are insufficient to tackle climate change, that every increment of warming will create greater challenges. However, the report notes that increases in temperature can be positively altered depending on policies and actions taken now. Such choices will play a critical role in deciding our future and that of future generations. One action for this transition to a fair and sustainable planet is the necessity for greater awareness and acceptance of the critical role that the extractive sector has to play in this future. Uh, Due to the climate change crisis and as a response to supply chain challenges and environmental impact, along with the need to improve social performance, sustainability has become an increasingly important factor in the extractive sector. Geopolitical factors are playing major roles in accessing raw materials and securing supplies, and not to mention pandemics. As we shall see, the global dependence on China for raw materials for green energy technologies is creating a greater examination of mineral deposits closer to home. The European Union wants to ramp up extraction of raw materials within its own region and in an attempt to lessen the reliance on China as a supplier. But this will, will not sit well with many communities and stakeholders. The need to engage and transparently communicate with stakeholders is crucial if Europe is to become more self-sufficient regarding its supplies chain for metals and minerals. There is the old phrase, if it can't be grown, it has to be mined. And this encapsulates the importance of minerals and metals in the modern world. The extraction of raw materials is vital for a livable and sustainable future for all. Raw materials are essential to drive economic growth and deliver social benefits to the regions in which they are located. They are crucial for the transition to an electrified green economy, the construction of infrastructure, buildings and housings for the ever-increasing global population. The challenge in this context is to assure society that sustainability in the extractive sector is about doing things better and proving that an industry which admittedly has a checkered history can operate in an environmentally responsible and sustainable manner. But the extractive sector cannot just turn on a tap to provide these materials in greater quantities. The life cycle stage for extractive sites can be a very long process consisting of five distinct stages. There's the pre-exploration phase which includes the planning process for land use and the development at the earliest stage. Followed then is the exploration phase to analyse the prospect of new site in order to identify potential mineral deposits for future exploitation. There follows the development phase 
if there is found to be a viable deposit of minerals. This stage will take longer than the previous stages as it covers the building of the necessary infrastructure for the operations to commence and run smoothly. The extraction of the resource has the potential to be the longest phase of all. In this phase, the raw materials is extracted from the ground and depending on the size and value of the deposit, the production and processing of raw materials can last for decades. And this is followed by the processing phase, which may or may not be carried out on site. Site closure and rehabilitation happens once the mineral deposit is exhausted or is no longer financially viable to extract. After the exploitation phase is over, the operators are responsible for decommissioning, remediation and rehabilitation of the site. And this can take several years. However, it's not always the case and companies that have walked away once a deposit is depleted have caused great damage to the environment, infrastructure and communities and lives have been lost due to the failure to secure and monitor underground and open pit mines and quarry sites. This reflects badly on the whole sector and it tarnishes the reputation of the extractive industry. Probably the greatest challenge faced by the sector is to convince society that it operates in transparent, responsible and sustainable manner before, during and after the extraction takes place. It is no wonder that public perception of the extractive sector is in general negative. But we must highlight the great work that companies are doing to ensure stakeholder acceptance and environmental protection. Returning a mine or a quarry site to its pre-extracted condition is a costly and time-consuming endeavour. However, in many cases, the post-extracted site can become a much better feature for the environment and the communities located in the area. An excellent example of what can be achieved is the Eden project in Cornwall in the UK. The site was once a clay quarry and is now one of the world's greatest botanical gardens, the result of remediation, rehabilitation and regeneration as a constructed ecosystem. In fact, the Eden Project is the biggest enterprise and largest single employer in Cornwall. And the Lachine mine site in Ireland began operating in 1999 and ceased in 2015. But over this period, 22.4 million tonnes of ore was mined at the site. Situated in an area of natural beauty and prime agricultural land, While surface and underground rehabilitation had been in progress, the company was actually uh, actively collaborating with the local authorities and business development groups in finding possible users uh, for a site that is well served with power, water and waste disposal infrastructure. This site is now a bioeconomy campus powered by the wind turbines that dot the neighbouring landscape. Although the site is now being reused and supplies alternative employment in a rural region, the company is committed to carry out a 30-year monitoring programme as part of the aftercare of the site. The Lachine closure is regarded as a world-class closure. The life cycle of mines and quarries can take decades to complete and a long-lasting impact on the environment and its communities. To ensure this impact is a positive one, tools and systems must be in place to engage with stakeholders through the whole life cycle. The SUMEX project has established a sustainability framework for the extractive industry in Europe, 
with the involvement of stakeholders from civil society, academia, industry and government backgrounds from all over the EU. It also provides a toolkit with good practices, with the focus on access to land, permitting and policy coordination and uh, integration, and also identify stakeholder learning needs and requirements. So, some facts and figures relating to the sector are worth noting. According to the World Economic Forum report in 2022, the mining process, from exploration to operation, is highly energy intensive. It accounts for 10% of the world's energy consumption, hindering a net zero ambition and causing significant environmental impact from land use change. In another report by the WEF, it highlights the fact that the construction industry is the single largest global consumer of resources and raw materials. It consumes about 50% of global steel production and each year 3 billion tonnes of raw materials are used to manufacture building products worldwide. The largest uh, proportion of primary aggregates is used to manufacture concrete. But the whole sector faces major challenges. But there are positive trends happening that need to be highlighted. Globally, organisations such as the International Council on Mining and Metals, the ICMM, has set out a list of mining principles created on the understanding that the decarbonising of the global economy and meeting UN Sustainable Development Goals require a sustained demand for metals and minerals over the coming decades. The Global Aggregates Information Network, or GAIN, is an entirely voluntary network of major regional aggregate associates of the world. The purpose of GAIN is to openly uh, share experiences and industry best practice in the interest of promoting the greater good of the aggregates industry globally and it vigorously enforces an antitrust policy. GAIN members represent about 60% of the global aggregates production of 40 billion tonnes from around 400,000 quarries and pits worldwide. It estimates to employ in the region of 3 million people and ancillary services can double or triple this figure. However, from the EU perspective, organisations and representative bodies are fully aware of their increasing responsibilities to extract raw materials in a responsible and sustainable manner. However, the crisis in the Ukraine has created a greater urgency to develop secure and strategic supply chains. This includes the need to responsibly source more raw materials from within its own borders and extract them in a manner compliant with environmental and social uh, demands. Euromines, for example, is the representative body of the European Metals and Minerals Mining Industry and it provides a formal platform in which the members evaluate the impact of European and international policies and legislation on the industry and define common positions and actions for the benefit of all stakeholders. Euromines represents large and small companies and subsidiaries in Europe and other parts of the world, including 19 national mining federations, 16 direct company members, 350,000 jobs and 42 different metals and minerals. IMA Europe 
is the decisive EU voice for industrial mineral producers and importers. Its mission is to develop a thriving industrial mineral sector at the heart of sustainable Europe. The organisation represents 685 mine and quarry sites and 750 processing plants and thousands of employees from 250 member companies. Society uses industrial minerals either in a processed or natural state to make building materials, ceramics, detergents, electronics, glass, medications and medical devices. It also um, uses the minerals in paints, paper and plastics industry and many more industrial and domestic products. The UEPG represents the European aggregates industry and it states that the European aggregate sector is the largest of the non-energy extractive industries in the EU with over 3 billion tonnes produced every year of which 10% are from recycled sources. These mineral resources are vital uh, input to the economy and are recognised as being strategically important in the provision of buildings and infrastructures, supporting economic expansion and the need of growing national populations. The current conflict in the Ukraine has driven the need to provide housing for the largest wave of refugees since World War II. This drives the demand for more raw materials in the process. Rebuilding regions hit by natural or man-made disasters will drive this demand even further. In order to create a more secure raw materials supply chain, the EU has just published the Critical Raw Materials Act. This act identifies strategic projects along the supply chain and focuses on extraction, refining, processing and recycling of critical raw materials which decreases dependence on countries, particular China, that dominate critical raw material supply chains. The EU gets currently 98% of its rare earth supplies from China, as well as 93% of its magnesium and 97% of its lithium. The recent Inflation Reduction Act in the US has caused tensions around critical raw materials also. However, before the Critical Raw Materials Act was introduced, initiatives such as the EU-funded SUMEX project established a sustainability framework for the extractive industries in Europe. And the aim here is to foster more sustainable mineral production in the EU. SUMEX is doing this by considering the Sustainable Development Goals, the European Green Deal, as well as EU social licence to operate considerations, and it involves stakeholders from civil society, industry, academia and governments across the EU. The sustainability framework is applied across the extractive value chain to analyse the minerals as well as relevant economic, environment and social policy frameworks of the EU member states and the selected regions along five focus areas. The socio-economic and environmental impact assessments, land use planning, health and safety, reporting official statistics and permitting processes or policy integration. The podcast will devote an episode to each of the five focus areas and we give you a brief description of the five focus areas that will be covered in this podcast. In the next episode, we will go into more detail on environmental impact assessments and the challenges they can pose for the sector. 
In our episode three, our focus will examine land use planning, and this is definitely a contentious issue when it comes to the extractive sector. In our fourth episode, we will focus on health and safety. The extractive sector has a poor public image when it comes to this topic, but what has been done to change public perception? Tune in to listen to our experts' opinion on this. Episode 5 will examine the permitting process and explore the difficulties that arise when mining projects are located in sensitive areas. And our final episode of the series will delve into sustainability reporting. What are the standards and stakeholder expectations for the sector? The extraction of raw materials is vital to modern society, but it's also vital to future generations. We, as consumers, place a great emphasis on the availability of products and services for our daily needs. Yet we want to place restrictions on the extraction of the raw materials that are the essential ingredients that make society move forward. So how do we balance our consumptive demands with those requiring responsible and sustainable extraction? Tune into the Summix podcast to delve deeper into these topics that impact on each and every one of us and discover how dependent we are on the extractive sector.